Welcome to Bold Talk Radio with your host, Pat Williams. Good evening, all. Happy Friday. Today is December 14th. My goodness, guys, we are halfway through with December and almost all the way through of 2018. It's it's amazing how fast this month, this year, these weeks, I'm telling you, once you get over 40, it's like, it's like row, row, row your boat. Life is but a dream. It's just zooms right on past you. But anyway, thank you guys for tuning in, listening. I know we've been doing the series, the podcast series on one of my favorite subjects, uh, which is the friend zone and why you must kill it and, and all that good stuff. And just kind of going over some relationship, um, uh, advice and, and discussion. Uh, but today I want to do something a little bit different and we'll switch it up. We'll come back to that because that's actually part of our relationship series and, uh, focusing on, on that type of discussion, but I wanted to focus on something serious. So don't worry for you guys who have been enjoying, uh, that series on the friend zone and, and, you know, friends with benefits and, you know, money hookups, sugar mama, sugar daddy stuff. We'll come back to that. That stuff is certainly a lot of fun to discuss. But today I want to take a more serious turn. And uh, today I want to discuss what's going on with our kids. What is happening to our kids? I uh, came across two very unnerving uh, reports today, actually, And I like to kind of go through the news feeds and, you know, through social media and, you know, TV and newspapers. I like to kind of go through that. And it just kind of gives you just a little research, uh, you know, a little material to, you know, take a bite out of and to discuss. So oddly enough, I came across two very unnerving reports. Uh, One is concerning a 10 year old boy. And let me give you guys a little background on this. Uh, The little... uh, boy is 10 year old. Uh, they call him drag kid and his stage name is Desmond is amazing. So there's a 10 year old kid who's in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, his name is, uh, drag kid. Desmond is amazing. I believe that's the full stage name. And on December 1st, which was just a little bit over a week and a half ago, apparently little Desmond, the drag kid, who is amazing, uh, according to this report, um, was one of the main headliners at a Brooklyn gay bar, which is uh, called uh, $3 Bill. That's the name of the the, uh, bar. It's a Brooklyn gay bar. It's called $3 Bill. And uh, apparently uh, the $3 bill was hosting an event. uh, And the event was hosted through, I guess, a group called Club Woe. Like, you know, like, whoa, Club Woe. So anyway, uh, so apparently Desmond, uh, the drag kid, uh, is a 10-year-old boy. And and you guys can kind of research this and pull it up on Google. Uh, This young man, well, this child, I can't even say young man. This is a 10-year-old kid. Uh, And so he was performing. He was one of the main headliners uh, at the event club, Woe, which was being hosted at the $3 Bill, which is a gay bar in Brooklyn, New York. And so 10-year-old Desmond uh, was one of the main headliners. And you could see that 10-year-old Desmond, if you Google online and you can pull up pictures, he was pretty much, um, as the name kind of lets you know, he was a a drag kid. He was made up in uh, makeup and hair pulled back and um, I guess dancing and, and putting on a show. Now, before we get into talking about Desmond, there's another child, and this is the other report that really unnerved me as well. Now, this actually comes from, a uh, report came from uh, the uh, the Newswire today, and uh, this is concerning a nine-year-old girl. So, uh, let's see, and her name is Mackenzie Adams. So, nine-year-old Mackenzie Adams uh, is a nine-year-old girl. Uh, who on December 3rd 
Uh, so as you guys can see, these these events, both of these events happened very recently. Uh, on December 3rd, uh, little Mackenzie Adams, nine-year-old um, girl, African-American girl, uh, committed suicide. And she's from uh, Demopolis City, Alabama. And apparently she attended U.S. Jones Elementary School. So it looks like little Mackenzie, uh, God bless and rest her soul, uh, took her life uh, via suicide uh, due to being bullied. And apparently, as being reported by Fox 32 News, (sighs) Mackenzie was being bullied by classmates uh, who were bullying her by her being black or African-American. They were bullying her for having a white male friend. Now, these are kids. This is a nine-year-old little girl. You know, one of her buddies and classmates uh, that she was really cool with, a good friend with, uh, was a young white boy, young white child. And, um, and so it looked like her fellow classmates uh, were leveling all types of epithets at her, all types of profanities, uh, and just made little Mackenzie's life dif- difficult. Uh, 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 according to the, uh, the news report, uh, her other classmates who were black, uh, or African-American, uh, were slandering this child, bullying this child with a lot of, uh, hate speech, uh, that delves into calling her a black, um, H-O-E, black quote ho uh and uh you know you think you're going to quote ride with that quote white boy uh so it it just goes on and on and so little mckenzie um couldn't take the uh, the abuse and the bullying anymore and unfortunately decided to end her life on december 3rd uh her family found her hanging uh in their residence and uh uh, looks like Mackenzie's aunt uh, is also in, in uh, the media herself. Her uh, Mackenzie's aunt uh, uh, appears to be a journalist uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. So both of these reports, I mean, literally made my blood just curdle. It made my blood run cold. In the one report, you were hearing about 10-year-old Desmond. Uh, who's the drag kid who is dancing and frolicking and gallivanting at a uh, gay bar nightclub in Brooklyn, New York. And then you have little nine-year-old Mackenzie Adams, little nine-year-old Mackenzie, uh, who unfortunately took her life on December 3rd in Demopolis, Alabama, uh, due to being bullied for having a white friend. What is going on? What is really going on in our society that children are being, in the first report, being subjugated and subjected to an adult setting? I don't let, let me start off with, with Desmond because that's 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 the first story that I want to deal with. Listen, this is not about sexual orientation. It's not about gender fluidity or uh, any of that stuff. It's not about equal rights and equality and love is love and all that good stuff that you guys want to tell me about. This is not about uh, attacking or antagonizing uh, the LGBTQ community. This here, this here is about a child. I don't care if you are straight or gay. No club at nowhere at no time under no reason, under no circumstance have any business And that's the way I want to say it because I'm pissed about this story. Have no, and I know I'm saying that in a very inarticulate way. Okay. I can get really articulate and say, have, they don't have any business, but I don't want to say they don't have any business. I want to say they don't have no business having a 10 year old child 
at a club dancing. If this was a 10-year-old girl in a heterosexual or gentleman's club, I would be ready to tear the roof off the mother sucker. I would be ready to go and snatch up the bar owner, the club owner, whoever the heck the people are that is running the command of that ship. Shame on you. And I hope you hear this. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. For having the nerve and the audacity to have a child in your establishment. This a 10-year-old, are you serious? Are you really serious right now? Are you freaking serious? You're talking about a 10-year-old. Not a 17-year-old. I could even allow, I could even see a 17-year-old doing this. But we're talking about a 10-year-old. It's acceptable to you as a bar owner, as a club owner, that a 10-year-old kid can be at your nightclub, at your bar, dancing. I don't care if you're gay or not. You need, oh my God. You need to really, oh my goodness. Where are the morals? Because see, let me tell you something. I guarantee you, and I I, I, I guarantee you, there are, there are gay people who agree with me. Gay people, the LGBTQ, and I understand it's LGBTQIA. I think the I stands for intersex. I don't even know what the A stands for yet. But I don't care what the acronym is. I don't care what the excuse is or what the excuses are. At no time should it be acceptable to no community that a 10-year-old should be on stage dancing or performing in any wise. And I mean, let me tell you guys something. Because I know some of you are going to probably say, well, what about, you know, Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5? They were performing at nightclubs when Michael was 5. I don't care. Michael Jackson shouldn't have been at the club at 5 years old. And guess who told you that? Michael, the late, great Michael Jackson himself. That's the reason why when Michael Jackson was a middle-aged man in his 40s, came out with the song Childhood. Have you seen my childhood? That's the reason why he came out with it. Because Michael Jackson's whole gripe while he was on this planet was that he lost his childhood. Because Michael Jackson understood better than anybody even better than his father who died earlier this year, Mr. Joe Jackson, Papa Joe. He understood it better than his own parent and parents that guess what, including Miss Catherine. I get it. I know sometimes when kid, when families are struggling and you got a kid who's got a talent, it's very easy to want to slip into those shoes of stage mom or stage dad. I get it. But let me tell you something. I don't care. Even back then, Michael Jackson and his brothers being kids had no business at no club performing. None. You need to at least be at least 13. I can give you 13 being at the club to perform. I don't care how talented you are. At five years old, at seven years old, at 10 years old, no way. No way. And I don't care how some of you guys feel about it. Because see, some of you guys will say, oh, well, are you saying that just because this is a gay club? No, I'm telling you, I guarantee you the gay community, most people in the gay community would agree with me, would absolutely agree with me. Let me tell you guys a story. And this is a very true story. (sighs) Many years ago when I was a reporter, I was working uh, as a, uh, well, as an independent writer, contributor at the time freelance writer and I was working on a story that um, was concerning pedophilia and around that time going back almost 20 years ago around that time there was a young child a young boy 
uh, and I believe this young boy was in Boston. I mean, it's been years ago. And the young, this, this child, I think the kid had to be about eight or nine years old, maybe just a little bit younger than this kid, the drag kid, this 10-year-old Desmond. And this little boy had been raped and brutalized and violated and ultimately murdered. And apparently, and some of you maybe remember this story, apparently uh, there's a group, NAMBLA, uh, which is North American Man-Boy Love Association. These creeps, one of their members, I understand, was behind that. So being a freelance writer at the time, a contributing uh, writer at that time, I decided to focus on that story as what you would call a lead. Anybody who knows anything about writing and journalism, you know, you have your lead. Okay, so that was going to be kind of my lead into my focal point of dealing and addressing the issues of pedophilia. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to take it from another direction. Because even though I'm not a member of the LGBT community, I am a completely happy and healthy (laughs) heterosexual woman. Oh, yes. But I understood something. I understood that even as a reporter, a young reporter at that time, that many times for the gay community, people who are non-LGBTQ will look at those stories and say, see, 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 see how those gay people are. See how they are. Oh, all of them want your kids. And I knew that that's not true. And I knew that I wanted to tell a story that would be fair, that would be equal, that would be balanced and not try to paint those in the LGBTQ community, which back then it was not called LGBT community. Uh, the acronym has been growing over the years. I think at that time it was actually just LGBT. I think at that time it, there wasn't even a questioning on it at that point. But I wanted to, to tell the story without the discriminatory and without the labeling of that. And so I knew the only way to tell that story that I was going to write for a Chicago publication at that time, I knew that I had to be fair and go into the gay community here in Chicago, the rainbow community in Chicago, Boys Town, which is what it's called here. And I'm pretty sure it's probably called that in other places, but in Chicago, uh, which is on the north side of Chicago, uh, it's our uh, historical Boys Town community. And so I had called up a gay bar. I had never been in a gay bar because I had no reason to go. I'm a straight gal. You know, I, I like my boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think there was a song by Climax called We Love Those Boys. I mean, I, I love, uh, you know, so there was no reason for me to ever have to have done that. But I decided to call up a gay bar just on a whim up north and uh, on the north side of Chicago. And I spoke to the owner and I said, listen, I'm, I'm a freelance writer, reporter, you know, I'm doing the story, you know, uh, can I come down and interview you? He said, sure, come on down. And when I got to the gay bar, I'm not going to lie, guys, I was kind of scared because I had never been there. So there's always that trepidation and intimidation about the unknown, right? So I was like, oh my God, what do I expect? Oh gosh. You know, and I was kind of freaking out being a straight black gal from the West side of Chicago, going to the North side of Chicago. Uh, to do this story. But long story short, uh, the owner and the gentlemen there were spectacular. They treated me with the utmost dignity, the utmost respect. And it was a very pleasant experience. Uh, it was a unique experience because I actually was sitting at the bar <laughs> near drag queen. I said, well, can I record it? You know? And he's like, girl, you look good. You know, it was really, it, it was that kind of experience. But all the guys in there, all the gentlemen in there treated me just like lovely, lovely and amazing. And so long story short, as I began to interview the bar owner, one of the things that he said, and it has stuck with me all these years, going into two decades now, it stuck with me all these years. He says, you know, he says, listen, he says, I'm a proud gay man. And he says, and the one thing I hate, he says, I hate that group, NAMBLA. He says, because what they do is, he said, they do more to attack and defame and demean my community. He says, more than any homophobic heterosexual person can ever do. He said, because these people try to pass themselves off as at NAMBLA as if, as if they're part of my community. He said, and these people, they're not. He said, they're monsters. 
He says, and if I ever caught one of them, hmm, that surely would be the end of them. He says, under no circumstance do I, he says, and the LGBTQ community, he didn't say Q at that time, but he said the gay community advocate for the sexual abuse and rape and violation of children and of young people. And that made me feel so good because I knew that that was true. So you get creeps like Nambla who tried to pose and pass themselves off as legitimate people of the LGBTQ community. And they're not. They're bums. And they're less than dogs. Dogs are more dignified than those demons. And I said it. And I hope they hear it. But why am I saying that? Because that's why I'm so pissed off about this news report today on the news feed about this 10-year-old Desmond, the drag kid. Desmond is amazing. Uh, who's performing at this event called Club Wool at a gay bar called the $3 Bill in Brooklyn, New York. That's why I'm pissed. Because somebody at that gay bar From the owner to the investors to the backers to the promoters, somebody should have had enough sense and said, wait a minute, what the heck? What is really going on? What is really good? This is a freaking kid. This kid needs to have his butt, first of all, at home in bed doing his studies, saying his little prayers, playing Xbox, enjoying life as a kid and not sitting up here on this stage moving and grooving for a bunch of grown obnoxious drunk and possibly horny grown men so I'm pissed about that and I can't even believe that there has not been any type of outcry about the outrageousness of that then I want to know is where is poor little Desmond's father and mother? Where are his parents? Where are his parents? See, because some of you guys are going to be bugged out by the story. Oh, this is a gay kid. Well, some kids, you know, that's their orientation. But I'm not dealing with that. Because to me, the the, the devil in the details is not the fact where the not little 10-year-old Desmond is gay the the devil in the details is the fact that this kid is at a club dancing because I don't care if you're straight or gay adults need to be adults and grow up and protect our kids this is outrageous where are Desmond's parents where are little 10 year old Desmond's parents where is the drag kid's parents where is mom and dad because they themselves need to be brought to heal and they to, okay and they need to be brought into serious questions of morality of allowing their child at 10 years old to participate at a adult nightclub that is outrageous and really Every adult should be incensed. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're straight. I don't care if you're questioning. I don't care what your deal is. But if we as adults do not figure it out and come together and get for real about protecting our kids. And guess what? It takes a village. Hillary Clinton was right about that. To use that old African proverb. It takes a village. But the village has to stand up to nonsense. And that's nonsense. Our children are completely unprotected in 2018 when a 10 year old child on December 1st can be dancing at a bar as one of the top headliners. Shame on you. Shame on the promoters. Shame on the bar. And shame on anybody who thinks that's even remotely, even remotely normal. May the Lord rebuke you. (sighs) Let's go ahead and talk about little nine-year-old Mackenzie. So last story, 
we've got a 10 year old. This story, we got a nine year old. Now in this story, I'm not looking at the parents on this, but I am looking at adults on this as well. How is it possible that nine-year-old little Mackenzie Adams, nine-year-old black girl from Demopolis, I believe it's Demopolis City, Alabama, student at the U.S. Jones Elementary School, God bless and rest her little soul. May she rest in peace and heavenly peace. How is it possible that this child, this baby, just like the first baby, and talking about little Desmond, how is it possible that this little nine-year-old child could take her life, hang her little self in her residence because she was being bullied at school? And what's even worse, it's for the reasons why she was being bullied. She was being bullied because her best friend, her best buddy, her best bud, best pal, BFF, in school was a white child. And the fact that she had a friend, a classmate, she was buddies with, a little white boy, made her other classmates, her fellow black classmates, attack her with racial slander and racial slurs that were so demeaning and obviously emotionally debilitating to this baby that the only way she could see help or see any type of relief in her little heart and mind was to take her life out of here. I'm looking at the school, even though the school did issue a statement But I'm not looking at the school how you guys think I'm looking at the school. No. I'm not blaming the principal. I'm not going to blame the teachers. We've all been kids in school. I was a kid. Let let me give you guys another little personal story. When I was a kid, when I was a very small kid, I was about five, five or six. I think maybe no more than seven. Okay, I would say between the ages of five and seven. I was a kid who was bullied. There was a girl who lived in my neighborhood and boy, she just bullied me. Boy, she bullied me, bullied me like nobody's business. And she had a little crew of friends and they would kind of bully me and stuff like that. And it was making my life miserable. But the thing was, is that I actually went to my dad about it. And I told my dad, I said, I said, pop, you know, I said, this little girl is bothering me in school. She's messing with me. And my dad was like, what? <laughs> For real? I'm like, yeah, this little girl, she's messing with me. She's pulling my hair. She's, she's pulling my pigtails. And, you know, she's she's kicking my chair. You know, and, and she, you know, and my dad knew that the little girl uh, lived in the neighborhood. And um, my dad was like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to box. <laughs> and my dad did. <laughs> and I love my dad for that. My dad's like, I'm going to teach you how to box. Now, here's what you do. And this is how you do it. And this is why God gave you fists. My dad taught me how to fight, like right then and there, y'all, on the spot. He got me, as they say, he got me championed up. So the next time my little neighborhood slash classmate um, got going, y'all, I have to tell you the truth. It was a wrap. I I handed her her hat (laughs) and her head (laughs) all on the platter at the same time. Thanks, dad. Now, the reason why I'm saying that, guys, is this. I'm pretty sure there's not a human being alive. Maybe if you are this human being, God bless you. But I don't think there's a lot of human beings uh, that have lived, that have somehow been unscathed from the phenomenon, the evil phenomena of being bullied. And so... That happens to children. And and bullying is nothing new. It's nothing new. Uh, It's something that happens. It's unfortunate. Uh, It's a a sin sickness. It's an evil. It's not a necessary evil. It's a very unnecessary evil. But it's an evil that happens in life. And 
when we look at today and say, well, why does it seem like bullying is such a problem? But it doesn't seem like bullying was a problem back in the 70s or in the 80s or in the 90s. Like bullying is now a problem since the 2000s. No, bullying's always been a problem. But it was the way that adults prepared children how to deal with it. And if you guys think I'm lying, let me let me remind some of you guys. There was an episode on the Brady Bunch, the Brady Bunch there was an episode. Now, you guys forgive me if I'm getting the, the kids' names mixed up. I like the show, but I'm not that much of a, you know, like a trivia fan about the show. But I believe it was Bobby Brady, the character Bobby Brady, which I think was the youngest boy. And I believe, or was it Peter? You guys will know the episode. And you guys will, will kind of be able to correct me and feel free to write into the show. You can check us out at Bold Talk Radio. We're on Facebook. You guys feel free to leave comments, feel free to write in, give me some suggestions that you want me to talk about. Uh, But when you go to Facebook and you can like us there, just go right to Bold Talk. You don't have to put the radio in there. You just go to Bold Talk, Facebook, and, you know, let me know if I'm right on, on, right on point with this, but feel free to drop me a line. Want to hear from you. Anyway, I believe it was Bobby Brady, I think. Not Peter, because Peter was the middle boy and I think Greg was the eldest boy. But I think it was Bobby Brady, which was the youngest boy. And Cindy, I know, was the youngest sister. I think Jan was the middle sister and Marsha was the eldest sister, right? So that's the breakdown of the, the characters of the Brady Bunch, right? And if I remember this episode clearly, the baby brother had to come to uh, the defense, I believe, was it the, the baby sister? which was Cindy. And I just remembered this one part in this episode where the little boy who was being a jerk, a jerk, I think he was actually bullying Bobby. I think that was the story. He was bullying Bobby. And then the, the kid was like, just stepping up the bullying so tough that he started, I started picking on his little sister, which was Cindy. And he was like, baby tuck, baby tuck. It's no wonder you can walk. And I remember for some reason, guys, I'm 45 years old. And that line have stayed in my noodle and my noggin for like 40 years. But th- I remember that. He was like, baby tug, baby tug, it's the wonder you can walk. And it's like when this bully started taking his bullying out on Bobby Brady's little sister, that's when Bobby was like, okay, that's enough. I'm going to handle my business with you. And he bust this kid in the jaw like, Wow. As a matter of fact, I think how, how he really hit him on the episode, he punched him in the face and it, I think it kind of broke the kid's nose or the kid's nose was all jacked up or whatever. And that was the end of the bullying. Now the Brady Bunch was on in the seventies and that was the message. Now you tell me if in today's world, can we get a sitcom, a family show that will show a kid rising to the occasion like that? When I got older, Back in the 80s, there was actually a movie called um, Three O'Clock High. And it's one of my favorite movies back in the day. And Three O'Clock High was about that same thing. It was about this kid. He was a little bit, you know, kind of geeky, kind of nerdy, kind of just, you know, kind of a kid who just kind of, kind of dorky, you know, kind of like that, kind of a loner. And he was being picked on mercilessly by some little thug punk in his high school. And then there was this one kid, he was kind of like a loner too, but he was kind of like almost like a stoner, like big, tall, cool kid kind of guy. You know, like kind of stoner dude, you know, this kind of kid. And so, you know, he went to this guy like, hey man, can you help me out? You, you Can you help a brother out? You know, can you hook me up? And so what wound up happening is, is that the kid was being picked on. He wound up being, ultimately wound up being real cool homies with this big kind of big dude who was like, yo, you know, I'm just chilling by myself, smoking a cigarette and being a stoner kind of kid. And this kid beat the stank out of his oppressor, AKA bully. Now, these were the kind of messages we were getting from Hollywood in sitcoms and in movies back in the seventies and eighties. These were the kind of messages we were getting from our parents. Like my dad said, uh-uh, you're going to learn how to fight, girl. Let me show you how to box. My dad had me throwing them things like, come on, boom. You know what I'm saying? He didn't teach me. He said, uh, you're not going to fight like no girl. You're going to be doing that little wind-up cat scratch fever stuff. You're going to know how to step back and bada-boom, bada-bing. Bing, pow, bing. And then, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Y'all got to think I'm losing my mind up in here. 
But I am kind of losing my mind because I cannot believe the story of both of these children. And both of these stories make me want to weep for different reasons, but the tears all just the same. What is the message that the adult world is sending out now to our children? Bullying has always been in the earth, y'all. It's been here. Sadly and sorrowful to say, it's even when we're all dead and gone, y'all, I'm pretty sure bullying is going to be here. But I think it's the way that the adult world wants to deal and address bullying. We don't want to address it the way the Brady Bunch did back in the 70s. We don't want to address it the way Three O'Clock High did back in the 80s. We don't want to address it the way moms and dads, our moms and dads, anybody who I would say if you're 35 and up, the way our moms and dads used to teach us how to handle business. No, no, that was the end of the bullying stuff. That's the reason why you didn't have these heartbreaking, soul-snatching stories of children coming up in my time of committing suicide. Or even, guess what? Doing it in another way, retaliating in another way, killing up the whole classroom. That stuff was unheard of. Because quite frankly, a lot of times when you're hearing about these kids going into these schools and shooting up their classmates, shooting up the teachers and stuff, nine times out of 10, these are kids who are bullied. Even if you guys go back to 1999 at Columbine, it's it's actually approaching its 20th anniversary in a few more months in 2019. Before that, that was not a phenomena of kids just going up in the school, the trench coat mafia. Hey, we're going to go up and shoot up everybody. Nah, but when you really look at it, and this is still no excuse for the kids who are doing these demonic things. But when you look at it and you read the story of these two little boys who did the trench coat mafia thing, word has it that they were acting out because they were being bullied and they were being picked on. And they were being mocked. And they were being maligned. And they were being mistreated. See, the reason why that kind of stuff, you didn't really hear that stuff back in the day, because guess what? You had the adult world saying, hey kids, life sucks. Life is hard. Fight back. Throw down. You know what I mean? Don't, 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 hey, take, kick butt, take names later. Don't let nobody do you. And that, and because that was the mentality of the adult world, of our parents, and even our society at large. That's how you could have movies. Tell me, can you get a movie like Three O'Clock High now? Tell me, can you get a movie, get a sitcom like the that episode of The Brady Bunch now? Because if they did it, now these people are like, oh my God, no, please don't show the kids hitting back. Oh no, please. Don't do that. You're teaching children violence. Like, are you serious? You're not teaching a kid violence. You're teaching a kid self-defense, clown. You know? And then some people want to get super spiritual. Well, Jesus said, like, you know, like, turn the other cheek. Yeah, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. But Jesus never said, be a doormat. Even he says he's coming back. Hardcore. He said, I came as a, lo- a lamb at first. Then I'll come on my second return. I'm coming back as the lion. Watch out. So, hey, don't misinterpret, misinterpret, okay, scriptures. Don't do it. To try to prove some spaghetti, bat, spineless, weak, pansy, little position. Because Jesus ain't back in that. He says he's going to come back and throw down. So don't try to pretend that that's what he meant in that scripture. Okay? Some of you guys who want to get super, super, super spiritual. But then be still kind of super social. You know, no, no, no. Don't do it. I see you coming. I see you. I see you. Okay? I got you. Don't do me. So that's my problem with the story concerning this baby. Little nine-year-old Mackenzie. And I'm not blaming Mackenzie's parents. I'm looking at the world 
that Mackenzie's parents and Mackenzie is now living in that the world and society, again, as the adult world, we can't agree on what's best for our children in a conglomeration. There's just some things that as adults, we all need to agree on. That's my point about 10-year-old little Desmond. It ought to be that every adult, I don't care if you got five kids, two kids, three kids, one kid, no kid. If you're old, if you're middle-aged, if you're young, if you're black, white, Puerto Rican, Chinese, straight, gay, Christian, atheist, Muslim, Satan worshiper, I I don't care what you would be. But there ought to be some things that just in the adult world that we all as an adult should say, you know what? We can disagree on all those other aspects. I don't care if you're Democrat, Independent, Republican. I don't care if you're Trump. I don't care if you I'm with her, Hillary. I don't care if you're on Obama. I don't care if you're with any. But there ought to be some stuff that as an adult, as adults in the adult world that we all should say, you know what? We all agree on this. So in 10-year-old Desmond's case, the adult world ought to say, you know what? We all agree on this. I don't care if you're straight, gay, purple, white, blue, Puerto Rican, Chinese. Guess what? Little Desmond should not be at the nightclub dancing and performing at 10 years old. Period. Period. We all as adults should agree on that. For little McKenzie, nine-year-old McKenzie, the adult world should all agree. Guess what? Guess what? We ought to be raising children like little McKenzie to be able to defend herself for self-defense. We're not leaving these children any outs, guys. We're not leaving a child who's bullied any outs now. Because what we're saying is, okay, kids, don't fight back. Because see, now you're starting to get a cycle of violence. No, you're not. You're shutting down a cycle of violence. When you have self-defense. Once I took care of my business with that girl who was bullying me, that was the end of bullying for me. So much so that God forgive me, even as I got a little bit older, I, I gained such a kind of reputation for being such a pugilist. <laughs> Lord have mercy. That I started taking on a little demonic spirit of bullying. And I started bullying this one girl. And she beat the stank out of me. And God bless her for doing it. Because it knocked some sense back into my head. Like, hey, wait a minute. You were once the bully. Don't do that. Don't do that. You suck. You suck right now. Don't do that. And so I thank God for that kid. I thank God for that kid. She knocked my brains (laughs) straight. And I mean, literally, I mean, this girl cold cocked me, man. I mean, I, I went out like a... You can talk to my brothers. I mean, they had to literally carry me and pick me up to pick me up and take me home. And my parents were like slapping my face and putting water and cold towels on my face. And my grandmother grabbed a, you know, a piece of steak and put it on my, I'm not lying. That's the honest God truth. Anybody who knows me personally, this woman is not lying. But it was the best thing that could have happened to me because it taught me, guess what? Don't do what somebody that you, you know, the side of that pain. Don't be a jerk. And I never did it. And I hate bullies to this day. I hate anybody that's a bully. And what it did was it led me kind of down the right path, the righteous path, that anytime I would see a kid being bullied or mistreated, I was like that kid in three o'clock high, like, hey, why are you messing with him? Or why are you messing with her? Come holler at me. Holler back at me. What's good? You know, because I hate seeing people being bullied because there's there's no reason for it. But see, there's there's a... there's a one, there's one main ingredient to bullies. And that one main ingredient is this. They prey upon those they perceive to be weak and won't fight back. So the best thing to teach your kid, my kid, any kid, your neighbor's kid, your kid in church, best thing to teach a child is guess what? Don't let nobody, baby, make you a doormat. Don't let nobody make you their little door, their, their little rug, their little area rug. Don't let nobody walk on you. Don't let nobody do you. Don't start nothing, but defend yourself because you have every right. God gives you the right to defend yourself. Do the best you can always be righteous 
and they do the right thing. But you have to defend yourself. And we're not teaching these kids that because the adult world is split. You got some people like, yeah, that's right. Teach, I teach my kids, go down, don't, don't take no stuff. That's how you do it. Then you got these other adults like, oh no, because you didn't do that. You Get out of here. You're training the kid to overcome violence. Tell me when. Are you going to sit up and let somebody break into your house? And you're there and you're not going to pick up a bat, a knife. And you got to pick a gun in there. You're going to grab the piece. You're going to sit there and just say, oh, my goodness. I don't want to like, you need to see yourself when you Because then you're creating violence. You're going to be like, hey, who's coming up in here? It's about to go down. So if we got that kind of sense as adults, why has the adult world splintered and not come be back into the same agreement it used to be in 20, 30, 40, 50, up to years ago that you got this generation of adults like, oh yeah, you got half the, oh yeah. Are you gonna do an oh yeah? Would somebody come up in your house? No, you're gonna be like, hey, oh no, let me grab the piece up in this piece. Uh-oh, let me grab a bat. Let me grab a break a bottle. You're going to defend yourself. So if we can offer ourselves that as adults, why are we cheating and denying our children self-defense? Because that is the only way to truly shut down bullying. Not some psychobabble, you know, uh, you know, quasi-psychoanalytics, psychology, BS. I'm emotional tonight because both of these reports pray for our young people. Some people say, well, I don't believe in prayer. Well, you know what? It's up for you. I believe in prayer. For those of you who believe in prayer, let's pray for our kids. All kids. Let's love on them. Mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, you know, whoever. You know, let's love, let's love on our kids and let's be there for them and let's give them an, an open door to say, hey, listen, I'm having a problem at school. That's the most beautiful thing about what happened with me and my dad because I have the relationship. And even as a child, I had the relationship. My parents never made us feel like we could not come to them in times of need, in times of sorrow, in times of trouble, even times of very salacious stuff. <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and, and, and that's how it should be. Children need to know that they have an advocate in their parents. They have an advocate through their grandparents. They have an advocate through whatever the adult is that have the charge over them. Whether it's a step-parent, whether it's an adoptive parent, whether it's an aunt or uncle. Children need to know they have, that's the true safe space, okay? The safe space should be at home knowing that they have an advocate that they can come to and tell them what's going on. And the answer and response shouldn't be some namby-pamby kind of nonsense it should be hey child I understand it's happened to me now let me sh- let me show you and let me teach you self-defense and don't be a creep with it but certainly defend yourself when you must and don't defend yourself when you're going crazy and you got to go shoot up a whole school and you're trying to bust somebody's head but defend yourself enough to let that idiot bully know not 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 up in here not, not here. Not you, you. You got the wrong one. You don't want this. Guarantee you. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Tis, tis, tis. You should use whisk. That's what you teach your kid. The adult world have to get it together because it's not the children that's the problem. It's the adults. It's the adult world that have become the children's problem. With that being said and done, uh, I'm going to give out a couple of little shout outs. Uh, tonight and just kind of give a few plugs here and uh, if you've got a product if you've got anything you'd like for me to plug uh, or advertise on the show by all means feel free to do it just like I said go to Facebook Bold Talk feel free if you've got a business it doesn't matter well listen I'm not trying to promote certain types of businesses now let me not say that you know because I'm not trying to you know promote hey come to the the sexy kitten. Now I'm not trying to promote the sexy kitten, okay? No, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not trying to promote the sexy kitten. But within reason, you know, if you have a product, 
uh, if you have a business, if you have uh, any particular uh, event, show, anything of that sort that you'd like for me to plug, by all means, feel free to write there, uh, feel free to get in contact uh, as well, and we'll certainly be looking out uh, for that, and we will plug it. So, in doing so, and keeping within that mode of operation, let me give a little uh, plug tonight to author Mr. Robert A. St. Thomas. Uh, Robert A. St. Thomas is a book author, and he's the author of The Riddle of Oz. And pardon me, it's, it's Riddle of Oz, no vowel on it. It's Riddle of Oz. I understand that it's soon to be released, uh, but you can find out more about it uh, on books, I'm sorry, on Barnes and Noble and Amazon's websites. So if you want to know a little bit more about Riddle of Oz, written by book author Robert A. St. Thomas, feel free to do so. Uh, just a summation of the book, it discusses why the revolution was never televised. So check that out by uh, Robert A. St. Thomas, the author of Riddle of Oz. And again, you can find it on Barnes and Noble as well as Amazon websites. Also too, giving a plug tonight to Lawrence Financial Industries. Lawrence Financial Industries is located in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, it is an independent life insurance and financial service company. So if you're in Chicago, you need those taxes done, you need some good counsel, wise counsel on how to take care of your financial, uh, your, fin- your financials, and uh, you know, anything pertaining to that, taxes, life insurance, this is the place you want to go. That's Lawrence Financial Industries, uh, located in Chicago. The number is... 773-331-7541. That's 773-331-7541. Lawrence Financial Industries. So, thank you so very much, guys, for listening to Bold Talk Radio. It is true. I am your host, Pat Williams. Until next time, see you then. Thank you.